friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host to the Full Confidence Head podcast, where we go on a journey together, tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. Today, you should get so excited. We have a repeat guest on here, in part because so many of you reached out and thought that his last podcast on here was so fabulous. And I also learned just so many things that we have on here, Chris Larson. Chris, do you want to just say hi really quick? Hi, Katie, and great to see you again. <laughs> so good to have you on. You guys, he has this yay hat on, and it's just like That's making right. all of us smile. So be smiling through this podcast. But um, friends, listening to this podcast, so you can kind of catch up on Chris's background. I'll give a little brief again, but on October 4th, we did a podcast episode called Facing Finances in Adulthood. And you can really hear his background and his introductory to our conversation there. Today is going to be a continuation of that conversation. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. But as a little brief, if this is your first time on the podcast, so Chris has an amazing financial journey. He started in his 20s to truly financial independence. By 27, he was having 11,000 cash flow coming in monthly. And now he's an angel investor, mentor to small businesses, can not only help them financially, but also help them mentoring through this business process. And so we're just so excited to have him on. And Chris, I have to show you. I'm like, this is perfect timing for an episode because guess what? Look at this cool little package that came Oh, you got the now. book. Wonderful. I did. It came to me yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh. So tell us a little bit about your book before we jump into your episode. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening today, get your free copy. Go to nextlevelincome.com. You can download the ebook, the audiobook, And just like I did for KDN, I'll even send you a copy if you put your address yes. in there. And you can learn a little bit more about our investment strategy. Um, and you can also learn about the strategy and the process that I used to go from that first property at 21, just a, a little townhouse that I paid $90,000 for yep. to having over 3,000 units today. Um, and the big thing is you don't have to take 15 years to figure out everything that I did. It's going to explain all that in there, as well as a little bit about my personal journey as well. I've been so excited that I have a physical copy because I've had the audio and the ebook, which are great too, but I love physical copies of books. So I was like, oh, here we go. I'm not only just listening to it, but I'm pouring into your strategies. And, and the fact that you're willing to share that with us is amazing to me. You, you kind of figured out this expedited journey to financial independence and, and your advice is really good. And that's why we have you here. So, okay, we're excited. Last time we were really talking about finances and adulthood. And we are going to just continue that conversation. So just a reminder, if you need to go back and listen, October 1st, it's facing, your, uh, facing finances in adulthood, if you want to go back and listen to that. But Chris, so last time we kind of talked about setting those stones, kind of those basic steps of, of finances. So now that we have those, those steps in place, what do we do next? Yeah. Great question. So, all right. So let's, um, let's rehash real quick. We'll do a quick high level overview. Please. Again, yeah. I walk, I walk through all this in my book. So, mm -hmm. um, to break it down real simple for people, the next level income strategy is make more money, keep more money and ultimately grow your money. So if you, if you haven't found that career where you're able to generate a lot of cash, I encourage you to find a career, find something that you can do that might even be a side business or a side hustle, or starting your own business, you know, full time that can help you generate enough money to become what is called an accredited investor. And really the thing is, if you want to invest and you want to be truly financially independent, 
you need to have passive income. You can't buy assets. And I was actually talking to my 10 year old son this morning about this on the way to school. An asset is something that pays you every month. You can't buy assets unless you either have a skill set that allows you to partner with somebody that has money or you have that money yourself. So mm -hmm. if you're a professional, figure out a way to make over $200,000 a year or more as quickly as possible. And we talk a lot, a lot about those strategies on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Number two, keep more money. So, you know, this is, we talked a little bit about this before. Once you're making money, you need to figure out how to keep it. Every dollar you pay in taxes is a dollar less that you can invest. Now, I'm not saying you should not pay taxes. I'm a big fan of having roads and hospitals and, um, you know, infrastructure and, and different things that help support and, and in my mind, make America the greatest country in the world. But, you know, you have to have that infrastructure there. However, I also believe that we are best equipped to decide how best to use our dollars to help other people. So, and that may, that may include investing. And that's a, that's a whole nother um, topic as well. And then ultimately how to grow your money. So we'll be great to, and that includes investment strategies. That's one of the things, you know, our, if you read our mission statement, it's helping people achieve financial independence through education, like we're talking about today, as well as investment strategies. So you can also learn more about that um, by contacting me on our website. But what I think we could focus on today, KDN, is really how do we bridge that gap between making money and ultimately growing your money to a point where yes. you have passive income coming in? Yes. I'm so excited to be talking about this too, because I think one part is a lot of times, a lot of us feel that the there's a big barrier into getting into finances. And then suddenly it's like, okay, we've got this, we've got this thing where we're making money and possibly keeping it, getting down the budgeting. Mm -hmm. But then after that, the barrier into investing or into growing seems really scary and those next steps. So I'm really excited to have you on. And I also just wanted to ask a question before you jump into this, but sure. you kind of mentioned it. And I want to reiterate what you mentioned. And I love what you said is when you have that money or when you've invested it, you are the best decider of what to do with that money. Because I think sometimes we get caught up in like, oh, I can't have these goals of money because I'm being greedy. But I, and I, I would kind of reiterate that or yeah. turn that around saying actually being financially independent, yeah. getting more money allows you to do more good, both in your life and in the lives of others. And would that be the same way you would say that as well? That's, I think that's a great way to put it. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, let me, you know, I'll, I'll push back on anybody that says that because, you know, yeah. there's, you know, there's a lot of narratives in this country today where it's like, oh, you know, the rich aren't paying their fair share. And I mean, you can look at the statistics and you can show that the wealthiest 10% pay 80% mm -hmm. of the taxes. You know, you can, you know, there's, wow. there's all these statistics that, that push against that. And my numbers, if I throw a statistic out there, double check it, it may be off by a percent or a few percent here or there. But the bottom line is, you know, the wealthy pay in a disproportionate, disproportionate amount of taxes. And, you know, if, if you have an issue with, you know, oh, I'm paying too many, too much taxes, I'd say, hey, look, if we sat down and play Monopoly, so I got a little Monopoly board on the front of my book, right? <laughs> yeah, if we sat yeah, down and, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if we sat down and played Monopoly, KDM, and mm -hmm. I've been playing Monopoly for 20 years, right? So I took right. my first tax strategy course when I was still in college over 20 years ago. So I've been playing Monopoly for 20 years. I know the rules inside and out. And you've never played before. And I say, hey, let's play Monopoly. And I beat you, right? Would you say, well, that's not fair? Or would you, <laughs> you want to know, hey, how did you know how to do this? 
say, well, flip the board over, read the instructions. You know, the, right. the thing is a lot of people, we're not taught tax strategy. We're not taught mm -hmm. financial literacy. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, it's, it's easy to grasp on to a narrative that says, Hey, you know, the rich aren't paying their fair share or Donald Trump doesn't pay any taxes. It's like, well, okay. Whether you agree or disagree with that. The first question I say is, well, why is that? Why, why, how, why not? And then I look into that. And what you find is, you know, the, the rich, they, mm -hmm. they have these structures. And by the way, you look at Congress and you look at people in government and they're following these same rules. These, these rules are there, you know, right. and they're not, they're rules that the IRS puts in place to incentivize growth and business in this country. Cause the bottom line is there's only one group of individuals that create jobs in this country. So if you work for a big corporation, I have news for you. Big corporations don't create jobs. Mm -hmm. They actually, they economize. That's why when, when a company, a large company acquires another company, what happens is they, they minimize, they shrink departments. There's downsizing. Mm -hmm. And some of you are probably listening, shaking your heads right. up and down. The only group in this country that creates jobs are small business owners. So the mm -hmm. IRS knows that the government knows that despite what your politicians or the politicians may say sometimes. And the bottom line is the IRS wants to incentivize job growth because mm -hmm. if, if this economic engine comes to a grinding halt, the whole world slows down. So that's, that's point number one. The second piece is that um, if I believe that if you're financially independent, you can do what you are truly put here on this earth to do and create the most good in the world. So if, if I said to you, amen to that, I'm yeah, like, hallelujah, <laughs> there you go. So if I said to you, Hey, you don't have to work anymore. What would you do? If you said, well, I would keep doing the same job I'm doing. Awesome. Like you are, you are truly doing, you know, your life's work. But if you say, no, I would do X, Y, or Z, then you say to yourself, well, okay, do you think you could do more good in the world? you know, if you were doing X, Y, or Z. And, you know, I think that's, that's very important. And I truly believe that with financial independence, you become your best self. Some people's best selves aren't very good. You know, this happens. I mean, you can see this across anything, whether it's sports or business, yeah. or, you know, yeah. I mentioned politics yeah. a couple of yeah. times, or, you know, some people just, you know, there, there's some, there's some bad eggs out there. Sure. You know, and we always, yeah. we love to, we love to see those stories and read about them. I do too. It's like really interesting to, to read about some of these, you know, crazy people and, um, people that, uh, but we also hear about the really good stuff too. And then you look at the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Bill Gates and yeah. you know, what happens if you look into their stories, they had, they, their families were, were pretty affluent families and they had the freedom to explore what they wanted to do with their lives. So, you know, if you look at kind of what creates a lot of this freedom to create as an entrepreneur in this world, a lot of it comes from a really stable financial base. So again, as I learned all these things, I said, okay, why people are like, what, you know, is it all about money? Well, money's important. And the mm -hmm. reason is if you can write a check for it, it's not a problem. And if you can do what you want with your life with that freedom, again, I think the world will be just an incredible place. I love how you preface that as we're going into how to grow your money. Cause I hope our podcast listeners are looking at growth and aren't feeling, feeling guilty. Cause I know that sometimes, uh, what happens is like, Oh, but is it bad to have this goal? No, I love what you said. 
getting being financially independent helps us become our best selves growing our money yep. does <laughs> the yep. reality of yes there's some bad eggs out there yep you're gonna hear about them <laughs> but i also believe that a lot of these podcast listeners if you're listening to this podcast like you are a good egg right because you're looking to change fear to confidence so you're That's the right. ones that exactly. we want to help really grow that and exactly so, okay, talk us through now our yep. steps and our interest into growth yes. because this gets, yep. can be scary and we're yep. so excited for you to change this scare into knowledge for us. Yes. Yeah, so look, whether, um, whether you're, you know, you're trying to get in shape or you're trying to, you know, create, you know, um, an opportunity fund, as I call it in chapter three of my book to grow your wealth, to ultimately achieve financial independence, you have to lower the barriers. You have to lower the friction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one final point on the last topic, if you've ever taken a self-care day, that's really selfish if you think about it. But if you're taking care of yourself, if you grab the oxygen mask before you help your child on the plane, is that selfish or are you doing what's going to help you do the most good in that area? So just, just remember these things. So, you know, folk, you know, if you're focused on your health and you say, hey, I want to I create a new habit of working mm-hmm. out in the morning. So I, I raced bicycles for a lot of years and I used to work. I worked 18 years in the medical device industry. So I'd have to be in the hospital in the OR at 7 a.m. So I would get up at five and I would hop on my bike. Well, the first thing I would do is I would lay my cycling clothes on the floor next to my bed. So Mm -hmm. I get up, I pull my cycling shorts on. And if you've seen a cyclist ride by, you know, this isn't like the fashion that you wear, you know, when you're walking around Whole Foods, although there are those people out there too. Um, So, you know, it's, if you think about it, you're like, I'm sitting here in my cycling outfit you know, I'm going to get on my bike, right? You know, the next thing is if you're like, well, I want to do a specific workout. So let's say you put your workout clothes on and you're like, man, I hate to run. Well, don't run. Just go stand on the treadmill and do whatever it is you normally would do. You know, read, watch the news, surf the internet, whatever habit you want to exchange for this new workout habit. Eventually, like I'm standing on the treadmill. I just walk, you know, and just remove those barriers to entry. So eventually it, it becomes a habit for you. Money needs to be the same way. So, I hate, you know, I don't, I don't have a budget. Okay. I don't, mm-hmm. I do not have a budget. I save a lot of money. I've always saved a lot of money yeah. and I've always done it without a budget. Now I look at my money that I spend at the end of every month and I review it, but I don't have a budget. People say, how do you, Interesting. I don't understand Chris, how do you do that? The thing is, if you have, if you're trying not to spend money, it's hard not to do something. Right. But right. if you say, well, Hey, I'm going to save first. So if you make 10,000, I'm going to use a round number. If you make $10,000 a month after tax and your goal is to save 5,000, that's a big number, right? Right. But if you figure out a way to set aside that $5,000 every month before you spend money on your mortgage, on your groceries, on clothes, on, you know, whatever else it is, what happens is it, it kind of becomes fun because if you hit your savings goal, as, as we have, then I say, Hey, spend the rest if you want. Now, what happens is just like if you're on the treadmill and you're walking, eventually you're like, well, if I'm saving $500 a month and it really isn't affecting my spending, maybe let me try doing a thousand a month. And then Mm -hmm. you up it a little bit, just like you, you may be on the treadmill and you start to up that speed, but you have Mm -hmm. to lower the barrier of entry. So I call this a savings tax. And I've written about this on my blog. And I also talk about the specific strategy that I use in chapter three of my book called your opportunity fund. And what I, what I've done is I've set up, 
um, specially structured life insurance policies. So it actually pulls money out of my account every month. And now I've, now I've created it to the point where I do it at the beginning of every year. So I literally mm. put aside our savings for an entire year before wow. the year starts. Think how empowering that is, right? Yeah. If you can figure out a way to do that, wow. but don't, you don't have to do that. You can start and say, okay, how am I going to set aside my savings goal for a month and mm -hmm. start, start small. Our target mm -hmm. is 50% of our earnings. We try to save 50% of what we earn. And then you just work up to that point. And again, if you hear that number and you're like, that's crazy, it could never do that. If you've never run and I say, hey, here's how I ran a marathon last week. <laughs> We'd be like, Why don't you uh, follow my plan? <laughs> no, you say, hey, let's work up to running a mile and then two right. miles and then maybe we train for a 5K and, and you go from there. Um, so chapter three of my book outlines that. That is so impactful about part of that entry level is you determining, okay, step by step. I loved your example of cycling and having your clothes on the fur and then and just those steps that you did that helped motivate you one step at a time because jumping in all the way sometimes gets really overwhelming or you quit a habit quickly right. because you didn't develop the habit, but those small steps. So I'm excited to keep yep. digging into this. We're going to give a moment to our sponsors really quick that make it possible for us to have Chris here on the podcast again. So one moment to our sponsors, and we're really going to go back into how we grow our money. My favorite thing each week is just to listen to the stories of these incredible people on the podcast. They give me confidence in all areas of my life. The Full Confidence Ahead sponsor, Utah Money Moms, has boosted my financial confidence. I remember the first time I heard about them on YouTube, I just found this video about tracking your expenses they had done, and it was so simple and confidence building that I went to their website and started downloading as much material as I could. Make sure you head over to utahmoneymoms.com after this episode to sign up for their free webinars on all financial topics from the basics of budgeting to estate planning. Okay, we are back from our break. We're excited to come back in. And Chris was just telling about us about how we lower kind of our own barrier into this growth of money. And Chris, I loved your example with the cycling, putting the clothes on your floor, and then just standing on the treadmill and getting into these habits, small bits at a time. And you gave that number of saving 50%, but I love how you broke it down is don't get overwhelmed by that number. Like you could even start up 2% today. Exactly. Or, you know, yep. so I love that. So yep. we just want to hear more about this process into growing your money. Yes. So again, we'll, we'll kind of recap again real quick. Yeah. Step number one in the in the next level income strategy, make as much money as you can in your profession. Choose a high paying profession or a business or a combination where you can make as much money as possible. It's going to help you create capital. You can do mm -hmm. a lot with that capital, investing, giving it away. Number two, keep as much money as possible. Now, we just talked about the strategy that I use that I talk about in chapter three of my book, Your Opportunity Fund. You also start to layer in things like tax strategies, legal structures like entities and how to protect your assets. Again, that's a big, that's a big topic. You know, I'll just kind of, mm -hmm. um, touch on that very, very quickly. But then the final step is how to grow your money. And very specifically, this isn't, Hey, we're going to put money in the stock market. I'm not saying you shouldn't put money in the stock market, but if you want true financial independence, you must have a strategy to create enough passive income every month to cover mm. your expenses. Mm. That's so good. I, I love how you also define this passive income because sometimes that's a word that we're unfamiliar with. And we, you talked about two things, passive income and assets that kind of 
generate yes. those. Can you just redefine those words for us a little bit and then Absolutely. help us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, um, and again, I talk about, I talk about all these things in my book. So I know mm-hmm. we mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to get a copy, go to nextlevelincome.com, click on the book link. You can find um, three different ways to get your free copy there. And I walk through all this stuff. So pass, there's, there's active income and there's passive income. Active income is where you trade your time for money. Passive income, real simple. If you go on vacation and, and you're still getting paid, that's passive income. Okay. That could be a business if it's well run. It could be a piece of real estate. It could be, it could be a trade, a stock trading strategy if you have an automated strategy. But my favorite, and this is again based on studying what the ultra rich do, is real estate. And the reason is there's two ways, the top two ways that the rich have become that way. Number one, they've created businesses. So think Elon Musk, think Bill Gates, you know, these people have created massive businesses, right? And small business owners as well. Number two is real estate. So when I decided on this strategy in my early twenties, again, I bought my first piece of property at 21. I said, well, what can I do with predictability? And for me, that strategy was real estate. And with a proper real estate strategy, I have, we have over 3000 units now. Every one of those renters, more or less, pays pays rent. You know, there's always a couple every month that um, we're having we have a little bit of struggles with, which is part of the business. But we have about three thousand renters every month that are paying wow. us every month, and that income is coming in in addition to other businesses and real estate that we have. That's a big step into this growth. So yeah. if I'm right here, being like, okay. Chris, I've set aside my money. I'm I'm putting it away. I'm on that saving step. Mm-hmm. So I earned my money. I'm in that saving step. Yeah. And now real estate seems interesting or that growth seems interesting. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Like where, yes. where's my, where's my yeah. like, uh, you know, because <laughs> that yes. seems so scary, like buying a property or managing it. I'm like that. Wow. You have three. Th- did you say 3000 that you have? Yeah, we have 3,000 units now. That's 3, so units. many. Um, yeah, so you, look, I started with one. I started with yep. one townhouse that had three bedrooms. Uh-huh. So, and out of those three bedrooms, I rented two of them, which now we call it house hacking, um, which we do that. Yep. Um, so again, let's start small. So what mm-hmm. are my two favorite strategies today if you're just getting started? So if you're like, well, Chris, whoa, 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 whoa. You were talking about running a marathon again. Let's talk yep. about somebody that's just hopping on the treadmill you know, and, and working on running that first 5k. Perfect. The top two strategies right now are if, if you don't own a home yet and you have the ability to buy one, find a fixer upper. Now this, you, you may say, I can't find a property that makes sense with these strategies in my market. You know, Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad has yeah. a saying, he says, the deal of a lifetime comes along every day. Mm but your eyes, your mind have to be open to receiving the things that are out there. And you have to have the the education and the knowledge and you can't be doing the same things that everybody else are. We've had, we're about 130 podcasts in now on our show, uh, which again, you can check that on our website. Um, It's the next level income show, but we have, we have people in there talk about how can you find a property off market? How can you find a good deal on a piece of residential real estate? You know, you could buy something. So if you're, if you say, you know what, I'm handy. I like to do things. Maybe I like to design maybe, you know, with your partner, you're like, Oh, it'd be fun to fix up a house. You know, let's say the, um, let's say the average home in your area is 
um, uh, uh, sells for $500,000. Okay. And you find a property that's older, maybe you can get it for Mm $400,000, but if you put $50,000 worth of work into it, you can get it to be worth $500,000. So, um, again, there's, you know, there's the mortgage and all this stuff, but if you pay 400,000 and then you invest 50,000 to fixing it up and now it's worth another 50,000, you've doubled your 50,000, right? You went from four to $500,000. And the cool thing is if you live in that property for two years or more, you can sell it tax-free, keep that gain up to $250,000 as an individual or $500,000 as a couple tax-free. Now tell me who else has told you a strategy where you can double your money tax-free in 24 months, right? Like that is something that a lot of people that are, that are starting out can do if you have, if you have a decent job, you know, where you can afford a mortgage that's, you know, $400,000 strategy two, And again, you can combine these strategies. You can use them differently, um, is our short-term rentals. So Mm. Kyle Stanley, he was just, um, as I'm, I'm coming back on this podcast, he just came back on our podcast. His first episode was episode 50. Uh, he was just back on again, um, a couple months ago on our podcast. And he talks about his strategies and how he's grown to five figures a month in passive income from short-term rentals. And guess what? He did it in two years. Okay. So, and even better, he talks about how you can do it without even buying any properties. And that's called short-term rental arbitrage. Now what's happened in the past year, a lot of people heard about Airbnb and you know, VRBO and short-term rentals. And they thought, oh, this is easy. I can make easy money getting into this market. The important thing to remember when you're looking at any of these options as an investment is you need to treat it like a business. Mm. If you say, hey, I'm just going to go buy it. I'm going to make money. That's not, that's, if it's too easy, a lot of people are going to do it. It's, it's probably not going to work. So if somebody tells you, hey, just do this and do this, you're going to double your money. It's not a big deal. There's no risk. That's, that's probably not going to work. You know, these are real businesses. They take real effort. They take real education. By the way, Mm -hmm. Kyle's got an awesome YouTube channel. You can learn like tons of what he teaches for free on his YouTube channel. He also has a coaching and mentorship program. You know, everything I talk about, you can learn for free on our website. You can listen to the podcast and read the blog and read the book. So a lot of this stuff you can figure out, but anxiety to address your point, Katie Ann comes from ignorance. Okay. It comes from a lack of knowledge. Yes. Right. So if you're listening and you're like, this sounds great, but uh, I just can't like, it's, it's a little scary. I understand. You know, if you walk into a dark room, you've never been in before, it's, it's going to be disconcerting. And, you know, you may not think that somebody's hiding in the corner that's, you know, going to tackle you, but you know, are you going to trip over something like what's in the room? You know, you don't know what to step on, you know, education is like light. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you educate yourself, you turn on the light, you can see what's in front of you. And when you're able to do that, when you know the rules, when you know the strategies, when you have people that can coach you, hold your hand in that dark room until the lights come on, so to speak, it's going to give you the confidence to be able to go through these strategies. That was probably the most well said, like little hump of why we why we would do this podcast in general. And and specifically with finance, and this is a topic that I would love to keep pulling back on the show and keep addressing because there is a lot of anxiety because there's, I feel like there's a lot of dark 
around it, yes. like you said, and education is light. And that's very interesting yeah. of what you said. So with if we wanted to do like Airbnb and VRBO, are you saying that those are, we should avoid those or it's a good thing to do, but just no. run it like a business? No, it's going to be the latter. So if okay. you're going to do them, okay, you need, you need to run it like a business. You need to learn how the best people do it and do that. And it's the same thing with our strategies, right? So mm -hmm. if you're like, oh, I'm going to go buy an apartment building. Well, I didn't go buy an apartment building out of the gate. I said, okay, I like the strategy. I became an investor, what's called an mm -hmm. LP or a limited partner with a general partner that found the deal. So in 2012, I decided to invest. We didn't do our first syndication where we actually went out and, and led, led the deal until 2016. So I spent four years educating myself, deciding if it was the right mm -hmm. strategy, finding the right partner so that we could work together as a, as a, um, uh, a, uh, as a partner on that specific deal. You know, so we gave up some of the profits and you know, those, they were our mentors, they were our coaches and that really helped get us started. So if you hear any of these strategies, the important thing is, you know, number one, educate yourself, you know, number two, decide if that's the strat, truly the strategy you want to do and put that, put that plan in place. And then number three, go out and find somebody that you can partner with, that you can uh, get mentorship from or coaching from, because again, you don't, you want to make sure that the first deal you make, the first investment you make in real estate um, or otherwise, it's going to be good. It doesn't have to be a home run, but you want it to be like a single or a double, right? You don't right. want to, you don't want to fail. And that's right. with our investors. I always tell them our number one goal is one capital preservation. We want to keep your money. We don't want to lose any money, right? Number one, capital right. preservation. That's why we focus on real assets, stock market, S and P Dow down 20% plus this year, NASDAQ yep. down 30% plus this year, our assets, none are down this year. Okay. So, mm. you know, number one, you know, you want to keep your capital. Number two, income. Remember that passive income we talked about, yep. right? Yeah. Number two, passive income. Then comes appreciation. A lot of people go backwards. And then the thing that wraps all of this together are tax benefits, depreciation. So our investors mm -hmm. typically don't pay tax on the income that they receive on our investments because of the de depreciation. Now, if you listen to the, the way I just outlined that, I want you to think about the way most people invest. If you're listening, you're like, oh, I put money in my 401k. Well, a 401k is a bet that you're going to pay less tax in the future. Right. Check my math on this. If your tax rate's 25% today and you make 10% during the life of that investment on average and you avoid 25% tax in the future, you're going to have the same amount of money that if you paid the 25% tax today, grew it 10%, but didn't pay tax in the future. So mm -hmm. unless your tax rate's lower in the future than it is mm -hmm. today, and again, I want to be worth more. I want to be making more as I get older, not less. Right. I don't want right. to be poorer. I want to be richer, right? right? Then that's a bad bet in my opinion. So most people, they start with the tax benefit that I ended with. They say, oh, I'm going to avoid taxes today. That's yeah. why I'm going to put money in my 401k and I'm limited to the stock yeah. market. Number two, I'm going to bank on appreciation. That's, that's the third thing that we focus on. I'm going to hope the stock market goes up in value. Number three, which is number two, is income. Oh, I'm going to hope I get some dividends too from my stocks, right? Right. And then number four, eh, I'm told that the stock market might lose money. It might go up in value. It might go down in value. And I'm not saying you can't lose money in real estate, okay? I'm not saying that. But that is the last thing. You know, people are like, well, I'm going to hope it, it continues to go up. But- the stock market, we know it, it goes up 30%, it goes down 30%. And right. I, I, I was saying this a year ago 
And people are like, oh, it went up 30% last year. It goes up on average 10% a year. Well, it just went down 30% if you're, if you're invested right. in tech-heavy stocks, right? So again, the conventional wisdom is not always there to help you out, okay? Mm-hmm. And if you look at what the rich do, they do it opposite. Focus on capital preservation. Focus on income. Then focus on appreciation. And then make sure you have a proper tax strategy in place so that you are maximizing your after-tax passive income. I'm just so grateful you've been on here with us going through every step and also breaking it down to the point of, okay, everyone, if this sounds like a marathon, start with that 5k and you've broken it down for us. Or one mile. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, or like 10 steps for me. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But break it down into what you can do now. And I think it was really powerful when you also went over your kind of your story. You started with one property. That's right. One property and four years being educated about that property. It's not like in one day you went, bought, had a bunch of properties and were managing them. You started right. with this education and one, right. just one investment. That's right. One property. And yeah. I think that's a good strategy for all of us is we can start, it can be a property or it could be saving 1%. And then get educated and get on, you guys go get your book like I just did on Chris's website. Um, And before we wrap up, and I want to make sure that you get to say your, your, where they can get this again. But I want to ask you this question first that we always ask. Absolutely. And I asked you this last time, but I want to see if you have different advice. And that's what's one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence. Yeah. And I think I mentioned getting a coach or a mentor at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, so that's, that's, that's great advice. Um, again, I think, you know, we, we've talked about it today, so I just have to, I have to reiterate what I've already said, which is, which is education. And, yeah. you know, I, I did a lot of that. I was, I was a highly educated individual, mm-hmm. but I probably should have taken action sooner in certain mm-hmm. areas. Um, and again, that's why I wrote my book. I'm, I try to encourage people, you know, try to break down the education, make it simple. The book's short. It's a hundred, it's a hundred short pages. You can read it, you know, on a plane ride, you can read it on a weekend, you know, you could even read it in an evening if you really, really wanted to. Um, but the bottom line is you've got to figure out how to move towards action as quickly as possible. Because remember this, we talked a lot about money, compound interest, you know, how to, you know, how to grow passive income, but remember your life, if you're trading your time for money, money is time. Time is your life. Mm Mm-hmm your life and the time you spend today is a, a day, a year, a week, a month, you know, a decade in the future that you can't spend. So maximize what you're doing today, maximize the impact you have on this world. And, you know, if you can figure out how to fix that financial piece in your life, it's going to help you do all those things. I love how you focused on the education because that's that's what we're all about here on Full Confidence Ahead is, is that education piece. And you can get education in different ways. You can listen to a podcast, you can go and read Chris's book and you can, you can get a formal education and spending that time investing in yourself to get that education will help you become that best version of yourself because you know, the steps to not only with finances to save and grow, but also just in the rest of your life. So I love that piece of advice and I want to make sure. So what website can we go to, to get your book? That we can yeah. read it this weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. Nextlevelincome.com. Check out nextlevelincome.com. You can get our book, you can get our blog, you can get our podcast all for free. Um, if you want to learn more about what I talk about in chapter three, 
you know, my specific approach that I use for our opportunity fund, you can click on the banking link there. We have a white paper, we have a webinar, we have a ton of information there. We actually have another book that we're coming out with, with that as well. Um, again, all this is free for you. And if you say, well, Hey Chris, I want to jump ahead and I want to learn how you invest and what projects you invest in, click on the invest link, schedule a call. And we can talk about that as well. These are such cool opportunities. And it's true. You guys, I just put in my information and got the book for free mailed to me. And there, there's so many resources that I hope that we've broken down the berries a little bit today that you, one, know a place to go to start getting this information. And two, if you're feeling like a marathon, just listen to one episode. Just start that that 1% savings, just do those small things. So we're so grateful that you came onto the podcast with us. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on, not only this time, but again, and just, just blowing us away with your knowledge. Really, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure, Katie, and thanks. Great to see you again. I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click checkout and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEANN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.